Hey there, bad girl, looking for something else. Hey there, bad boy, looking for something else. Come into the lounge, come into the wiki, come and stick around, come and tell it to me, Bobcast. Come in the Bobcast. Bobcast. Come in the Bobcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you. As always, it's Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Super stoked to have somebody coming back into the lounge today that I haven't, I haven't seen in a really long time. I went to high school with her, and she's gone to, to do a lot of things in public service. Coincidentally, this Tuesday, you're listening to this today. You need to get out and vote for her on Tuesday, okay? Why? The details that we're going to talk about in this podcast will entice you to go out in your car and to click a button in real life and vote for somebody. Um, I knew her um, 20 years ago, and I always thought that she was just an excellent leader. Even back then, when she was just a student, I was like, one day she'll probably grow up and just, you know, do great things. Um, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the lounge, Mrs. Jody Lukens Griffiths. How are you? Hello. How are you doing? So 20 years goes by in 30 seconds, or does 20 years go by in 20 long, extended, you know, like mind-bending universe years? isn't it weird thinking back on it? Like, I feel like we were just in high school, but then when I think about everything that's happened since high school, I mean, obviously there was quite a few things, so it wasn't just yesterday, but it's weird how time definitely flies. You I feel like I'm a on time vacuum. It's right? so weird. I feel like, like I'm I mean, my like, mom. I'm like, oh my know. God, you know, remember <laughs> when? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, I mean, like you really can't, that's actually be a really good name for a podcast. Remember when with <laughs> with Robert Cahill um like I talk about it all the time because it's like we grew up in that even though you're talking like your mom you both had the same similar upbringing you didn't have the internet you didn't have uh, high definition televisions that could show you like you know all these like different like I, do you remember what tv looked like you couldn't even see people like Gerardo Rivera was like fuzzy with a mustache now you could see every detail and it's like I think that we're very fortunate to grow up in that time period that we did in the 90s because that'll never happen again unless you know solar flare takes out the grid <laughs> you know right. what i mean but no, we i feel that appreciate things things weren't yes. automatic they were earned i was talking to my kids about blockbuster the other day and the fact that you know movies were not at our fingertips where we could just scroll through we used to go to plymouth square right wasn't it there where yep. um five yep. guys That's is on the corner yep. there and we'd you know wander and see you know what different movies we were in the mood for which to them, I mean, that just makes no sense. They thought I was crazy. No was sense crazy. whatsoever, too. And like that whole process, too, came with its own trials and tribulations of anxiety. I remember like several evenings on Friday night walking into that same blockbuster in Plymouth Square and um, going to get the film that I want and then like reaching behind the box and then realizing the, the actual VHS tape is not there. And that it's, it's so defeating. That does not happen in today's world right. at all. You want to watch The Handmaid's Tale at three o'clock in the morning? Go ahead. You could do it. You know what I mean? But that and like the whole idea, too, of like, you know, like just like, you know, like earning your entertainment. It's something I talk about all the time on the show and also just earning like respect, like everything kind of like happens like instantaneous now. And it's like accept the order or confirm the order. You know what I mean? Like we never have time to think anymore. Logically, I, I feel. But being that we did grow up in that time period, it makes us 
I feel like we're like the Cowboys, you know, like I feel like <laughs> like in, in the 18, like, you know, 90s, 1880s, that civilization's coming to an end, then industrialism starting to happen. Think of industrialism as the internet, you know what I mean? Like, imagine what it was like seeing a railroad car, <laughs> you know, like going 40 miles an hour. It must have been the coolest thing in the world, you know, yeah. you, let alone to have like a, a worldwide search engine where you could just learn anything you want, you know? It's wild. What is that? Google? <laughs> just put it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, My kids, it's if nuts. they want something, they're like, can you put it in the cart? Maybe we have Amazon too much in this house, but you know, mm-hmm. same thing as opposed to having to go to a store. It's like, oh, just pull it up on your phone, mama, and see if I, we can put it in the cart. It's like, <sighs> I know. And that's how they, th- that's what they think shopping is. My, my, my son says the same thing. It's like, uh, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. You say, um, like in the card, I, I think that within the next like two or three years that we're definitely going to have those types of Amazon grocery stores where you just walk in, put it in your bags and walk out. Like, mm-hmm. cause if you really think about it, cause I was just grocery shopping the other day and there's nothing worse than that line. You oh. think that you're going at the right time. You're like, oh, I'm going to get there at the right time. That was going to be there. I'm going to have the groceries in and out, be packed away. Everything's going to be great. No. And it's just, there's like, there's 18 registers there, but there's three open. <laughs> you know, like, or self-checkout that, that inevitably I'll get four items in and the light goes off because I need oh, yeah. to every time. <laughs> oh my God. That is such a I'm trigger like, for me. This is not quicker. Yeah. There is nothing easy about this. <laughs> I was putting the, the PLU number in for bananas, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's 41066. I remember it well, cause I eat them every week. And it's like that messed up. And the guy, you know, he comes over and I'm just like, oh man, just want to walk out. But you know, mm-hmm. technology is one thing, but I mean, it's a good thing too, like with technology that in today's world, especially when it comes to um, politics, there's a lot of transparency, you know, like um, I guess in the 1990s, you know, like I just believe what was ever on TV. Like if Bill Clinton was running to McDonald's, I was like, I'm going to go get McDonald's. You know what I mean? Okay, cool. But now in today's world, things are changing drastically and you are rising to that occasion that I um, described in the introduction. Um, Tell everybody what's happening on Tuesday here in our local community. Absolutely. I am running for magisterial district judge. And it's all of Plymouth Township and then the west side of Conshohocken. And what magisterial district judges, because so many times I'll tell people that and they're like, what what is that? (laughs) Um, It's the local judge. So it's, you know, if anybody gets pulled over driving through Plymouth Township or on the west side of Conshohocken, they would go before the magistrate. Anybody gets arrested for anything from, you know, stealing a pack of gum all the way to murder, the case starts there. Um, And then also civil matters. So if you wanted to sue your neighbor, sue a contractor, um, something up to $12,000, um, that's where it would start. So it's kind of like, it's it's your local court where everything starts before it then can go on to the next level if need be. Yeah, so- it's interesting too. One of the things that we were discussing um, in the pre-chat, you know, national versus local, you know, and mm-hmm. inspiring change, not just, you know, I, I find that sometimes, you know, like reflecting what I just said a moment ago too, like with television, it's like you see something and then you're watching change and you don't, actually do anything go outside and and you know and try to impose change in your local community and that's something you're you're very um passionate about and i'm actually very passionate about this too i mean i i i really think that it's been like a millennium before we really start focusing on mental health here in america and how we can help people you know like um i i find that you know it's sad um that a lot of times if somebody is having a, um, some sort of mental issue or breakdown, it's like, just move past it, you know? And like, let's just get right. through it. It's like, there's not enough right. time to like, you know, and like, obviously with like, you know, 
if somebody is, um, you know, uh, not in their right mind and they commit a crime and then, you know, like there's no, like, it, it, it's also hard to, um, I mean, you can identify a license plate, you can identify the color of a car, but you can't identify mental illness. How, how, how do we like make that something that's a part of our society? Well, I think the most important thing is that we're talking about it because for years it was taboo. You know, people thought only certain people had mental illnesses and I, that wasn't true. You know, like people just hit it. Like you were saying, you know, just deal with it, hold it deep down. You know, if somebody was depressed, they didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want anybody to know about it. I think now people are talking about it, which is great. I mean, statistically, so many people suffer from various different mental illnesses and they are completely functioning. You know, it's you, it's me, it's everybody that's out there and are being successful members of the community. So I think the first thing is talking about it. So it's not taboo, it's okay. You know, it's okay to have different feelings. And certainly now with the pandemic, I think it's even more important because so many people have been, you know, sequestered. We've been stuck in our homes for how long and not having, you know, other people to talk to, other people to just be within reach of. So I think the first thing is just identifying that it's real, it's okay, you know? But like you're saying, you know, the problem with mental illness is that you don't always see it. It's not something that you can go, oh, that person has it or that person has it. It's kind of diving down deep into the layers and understanding people and how they function and why things are being done. Um, you know, I see that with criminal law. I've done a lot of criminal defense. I mean, I was in the public defender's office for just under eight years. Um, and my favorite part of being at the public defender's office is that while I was there, the county started a behavior health court, which is a diversionary court program for individuals that find themselves in the criminal justice system. So they've, you know, they're accused of doing some type of crime, but they suffer from, you know, and there's various different mental illnesses that are accepted and they're being treated as people that, you know, have a mental illness and did a crime. They're not people that are, you know, blaming it on their mental illness, you know, using this as, oh, well, let me get, you know, get away with certain things. It's just recognizing that, okay, well, maybe certain crimes are done because of the individual and what they're processing and what they're dealing with. And it's just, it's a great program. It has done a lot of great things for people. Um, so when, when did that start? When did that start up? Let's see. I was, I started in the PD's office in 2007, I believe. Um, so it was right around then. I'm not sure we're going back That's, my years. I, see, I never do that, you know? So yeah, it's like, if no. you're somebody out there who doesn't know about that, look, this is what I'm talking about. Okay. You got to get out vote on Tuesday. Like stuff like that is like the change that we need, you know? And it's like, yeah. Like, so how do I, so on my show in the last year, I started opening up I went to therapy for the first time in my life at age 40, 40, I was when I started and I started talking about it on my show, you know, and just, you know, saying yeah. it's, you know, and like the people like were texting me, like, really? I didn't, I had no idea, Bob, you know, it's like, of course you had no idea, man. It's not like right. written on my head that I've had trauma, you know what I mean? Like, and it's such a sad thing because it's like so many people go through that, you know, especially with this isolation period you were talking about. I mean, like it's a, a scientifically proven fact that humans actually need each other to produce a chemical in their brain that produces happiness. I believe it's called oxytocin. I believe maybe it I messed that up or whatever. TJ will let me know. Thanks T. Appreciate it. Um, he's my fact checker. It comes in like 24 days later, by the way. So it's like, okay, I, I, can't, I can't do anything about it, but yeah, I think that's great. And it's like, you know, I mean, it's just so, there's so much 
that can be done, you know, about it. And it's interesting that more people are more open to it because previous generations weren't. And mm-hmm. I just, I still struggle with that sometimes. I'm just like, why? <laughs> like, why would you like, okay, so like you go to the gym and you work out and you uh, get your body right, but you don't ever get your brain right. We don't yeah. ever practice, you know, like the word mindfulness, I know upsets lots of people and stuff like that, because it's like, you know, I don't want to do that. But like, if you look into it, it's kind of just learning to relax. And like, you know, I practice breathing exercises, you know, like, and just some people never breathe. Think about it. If you're listening to this podcast, did you really take a deep breath today? Or are you just going about your motion? I, I think that, you know, it's very important. And um, I'm so interested though, that there's a set of different organization for people. I think that's so good because I could think of like so many people in my past that could have benefit from something like that because of like the way that the system was but it's interesting to me that we're still trying to create um these reforms another thing that um you're very interested in is a uh, bail reform yes and that's kind of a you know a new issue that's before because again as a public defender i mean i had clients that had really good defendable issues or something you know that we kind of could work with on their case but they were sitting in prison with really high cash bail and what is really high cash bail? How do we define really high cash bail? Well, a lot of that de- depends on the person because clients that I was representing, I was representing them because they're indigent. So $1,000 was really high cash bail for some of them. So it's nice that there's the recognition that, you know, everybody doesn't need to have a high amount of cash bail to be able to hang our hat on like, okay, we're going to make sure that they show up for court. You know, there's mm. other criteria that we can be looking at for individuals. So it's nice to finally see, you know, that the the county and we're moving towards recognizing um, that, you know, like I said, a thousand dollars. I remember I had a case where um, the Commonwealth they were asking for, I think, believe it was a hundred thousand dollars, and the judge was like, "Well, you know, if we put that at ten percent, that's only ten thousand. Like only ten thousand, judge? <laughs> Who puts only before ten thousand? You know? And now, granted, nobody is saying that, you know." very violent offenders should just be able to walk out on the street and continue to commit violent offenses. That's not what people are saying. But, you know, when somebody, you know, I've had clients that were stealing formula or, you know, stealing food items from the food store. I mean, I don't, are they a danger to the community? What are their ties to the community? They just lost their job. And so therefore they literally are stealing in order to keep their children alive. I mean, there's just, there's a lot more that goes into it than thinking, well, you committed a crime and you're done. Yeah. Um, and that's the ethics behind it. Yeah. It's like, right. I mean, that's why it's nice that there's different like diversionary tactics to handle things. Everything is not black and white. So, I mean, in law school, the the best thing was like, if somebody asked you a question, it was like, well, it depends. (laughs) And that's what I feel Uh, like is the the legal answer. It depends. And you know, a lot of things depend. Everything is not concrete. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, you know, it's interesting. You bring up like bail and stuff like that, because you know what? I just realized in my vernacular, as you were talking, like, I've been always interested in bail bonds since the film Jackie Brown, which came out in the 90s. And he's a bail bondsman who falls in love with her. So like if they set the bail, help me with this, because I'm never I never was good at math and colonial at all. But like, OK, so they set the bail at one hundred thousand dollars. Right. The bail bondsman then. OK, so if you're a bail bondsman, do you got like hundreds of thousands of dollars? Or are you using like, you know, like how, how does that work exactly? Yeah. I've never known. Yeah, no, they register with the county. So they have surety. So they've got bonds that are, they basically, it's almost like an account system. So if somebody has bail, that's $100,000. If the judge says it's 10%, then it's 10%. 
but it's not an automatic. Like I've had clients that have come to me, well, yeah, no, the judge said it was, you know, 10, it was a hundred thousand dollars. So I only need, I'm like, no, no, if the judge didn't say 10%, but that's how, I mean, the bail bondsman is often, they will charge you a percentage of what the total bail is. Mm-hmm. And that's how they make their money because that's their fee is then they, they post the amount of money, the full amount of money to get you out and you pay whatever it is, their percentages, their fee. Um, and then that's just, you know, you then have a contract with the bail bondsman to make sure that you show up or else they ask the judge for their money back and you to then. Oh, okay. So that's my next Okay. So like, okay. They can't pay the bail bondsman back, right? You can't pay your credit card back. You go into collections. What happens if you can't pay, pay the bail bondsman? The bail bondsman goes back to the court. Well, you pay the bail bondsman by going to court. And then when the case is resolved, the full amount of bail would then get returned to the bail bondsman. Wow. So, and it's only the amount that you originally paid them. So let's say, you know, it's 10% that they charge you and that's their fee. You don't get that back. That is the fee that they're charging you. But the once the case is finished and you've done what you needed to do, which was show up for court, then the county would then return the money back to the bail bondsman. Wow. That's interesting. I'm going to have to that's do right. some, you know, do, do you have to, automatically 10%. Not, right? So w- when did that start? In America, I said like actually a good research question I'll do for myself. Yeah, do you right. know when like bail bondsmen like like started in America? I don't know. As long as I've been practicing, bail bondsmen's have been around. It's very I interesting. It seems stressful. Mm-hmm. Seems very stressful. Like <laughs> a job that I don't, I, you know, I'm not really sure if I'd be able to spend you know eight hours a day on that one. But um, yeah, it's um, a lot of interesting things. I mean, also too. I mean, in the course of this one year, yeah, pandemic. You know, uh, just yesterday we had the mask mandate lifted up which is allowing people to go out, you know, and about, I mean, like, it's even weird. It's the last couple of days have just been strange in general. It's like you walk past somebody without a mask on and it feels like you're like committing a crime. You know, it's like, yeah. there should be a symbol, like a V symbol, like I'm vaccinated. I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, cause you can't just take that card out. You know what I mean? Like we were just what, talking about that. And my son had um, a baseball game this morning at Plymouth Little, Plymouth Little League. Mm-hmm. And we got an email yesterday saying that the mandate, they changed some of the procedures because you've had to have a mask the whole time regardless. And up until yesterday, they now have said that if you're vaccinated, you have to wear a mask when you walk through the park. But then once you're settled in your seat to cheer on your um, you know, family or whoever you're there for, yeah. you can take your mask, your mask off. So me and some of the other parents were kind of joking about that. Like, how do we, you know, how do you differentiate? Because then a woman walked by and was like, what's the rule now? And she had her mask in her hand. It's and one weird, of the other right? moms well, was that like, was... right, we need like a sticker or something fast. <laughs> so it's Yeah, strange. but this is the thing. It's like anybody could get a sticker or anybody could, right. you know, like, yeah. It's, honor a weird, system. It's, a, it's a weird, weird thing. I mean, huh? just honor system. Yeah. Try to let you do the right thing and stuff like that. But I mean, I still can't believe that like the masks, as we record this episode, were lifted yesterday. It's I, my friend just got married that he was very upset that his wedding was going to be a pandemic wedding and it literally was the first day the first of the, wedding the of the post-pandemic period yeah man it's weird it was like i was talking to my wife earlier it's just like it was so weird to like talk to people you know like i see their lips moving i was like un, it was uneasy in the beginning because it's like yeah mental health wise it's like you're so used to being isolated you're not used to like being around 90 people at once you know and like yeah, yeah it's just it was just a weird thing it was good to see old, old friends and stuff like that but it's like it's it's just still it's hard to resonate like you know like how much time we've been away from people like that was the like thursday night was the first time my wife and i went into a restaurant and mm. sat down um not because we don't like going out to eat just because you know pff, i like to cook 
And uh, you got to be honest, sometimes when you go to eat, you're not going to get good service. It just doesn't happen all the time. I, I would say like it's like a six, maybe like four out of 10, like four times out of 10, you get like a really great dinner. Most of the time you're just like, oh, dude, when's the entree coming? You know, like especially with kids, because you know how that goes. Like there's like a bracket of window where it, it, there's no entertainment to be had. Like what do we do when we went out to eat with our parents? There was no iPhones. You know what I mean? There was no like pads to bring and like, you know, like we just kind of like stared, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my kids are big on I spy. <laughs> so what, what, what's I spy? I spy. You'll say, you know, like I spy oh, something gotcha. green. We do I it, it was an app. <laughs> no, no, no. No, uh, we'll do it in the car and then we'll do it at a restaurant too to, you know, keep them from kind of getting out of control. But it's yeah. funny. I don't, my kids have not been in a restaurant since we've all not gone out to, to eat since before last March. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, I, I, I also found that, you know, during the pandemic, it was like, I, I felt for a lot of people because it, it, I didn't realize how many people just had no clue how to cook a meal, like at all, like, and like, you know, people weren't really talking about that. Like, they were just kind of talking about like, what are we going to eat the food? So, like, what about all the guys out there and girls who just never cooked a meal in their life? They're living at home. Like, what do you do? Like, suddenly have no other option, but figure it out in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You can't do door. I, I figured it out five years ago when my wife um, became pregnant and I was just like, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta, I gotta figure out some culinary, uh, tricks and this has stuck with it ever since. And it's like, I, I found a good, that was like a good thing to, uh, focus on during the pandemic was just like, okay. So like, I used to like rush to make meals, but now like if I take like a couple hours to prep it, you know what I mean? <laughs> you had plenty of time. And you were yeah. Yeah. Somewhere, you and know? like, I was at home with, you were home with your kids too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, like uh, obviously, like I'm a, huh, I'm a podcaster and a video editing guy. I'm not in the public. Like, you know, this is, I could see in your office right now, there's so much stuff on your desk. How did you maintain focus? Because I believe that your, you know, job is of utmost importance, you know, being a public defender and stuff like that. How, how did you keep your sanity? I just had to rearrange my hours. I mean, with two kids that are home, a lot of work was done. I have a home office. So thankfully when, you know, the world shut down, I still had everything that was in my home and could continue working on files if needed. But I, I mean, I just switched my hours. So there's a lot of times that, you know, my kids mm-hmm. go to bed and I am down here in my basement office until two o'clock in the morning, doing emails, doing documents, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it needs to be done without making phone calls. Obviously nobody would appreciate a phone call at that hour, but there's many a times that I've had zoom court where thankfully the door to my office is over that way. So you'll just see the ruffle of the uh, yeah. line and it's like my five-year-old army crawling on the ground to go underneath my desk. And I'm like, shh, not now. I know it's so, it's so I think stressful. They all got really. creative. <laughs> I think uh, my wife works from home too as well. And, uh, she's she's the boss so like there's been a couple times during the the pandemic where like you know the kid ran in the dog ran in and it's amazing how like you can go from being like absolutely professional to just like a concerned mom and like you know what i mean like yeah it's interesting too because it's like something that we learned right about each other i guess if you're somebody who's listening to this podcast who's been you know working from home like you got a chance to look at others other people's like lives you know to figure out like how they live and i think that it's been nice because for years, I've been doing that juggling where, 
I've got the kids and I'm trying to make a phone call or trying to do something. And now more people get it. You know, I remember being on a phone call with um, a male attorney and hearing the dog barking in the background and the vacuum and him apologizing to me for the background noise. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I know that there were so many times that I literally like ran around my house trying to hide to get away from the noise of one of the kids coming screaming at me so quickly sound, you know, have this professional conversation. So I feel like people just are being a lot more sympathetic, like, okay, I get it. Like we all have lives outside yeah. of whatever we, our profession we just is. Never saw that before, right? right? So I mean, I guess that's something that we divulge here together is that mm-hmm. that's a positive aspect of this this year totally. you know, or whatever. It's just like, yeah, it sucked to be at home or whatever, but like, you know, I seeing how people live and like realizing that they're also human and not just your coworker, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's it's important. It's not so you know? taboo to have something outside of your profession. I think for years, yeah. especially women dealt with it where it's like, yeah. you know, you know, we were kind of held accountable, like, oh, you know, she can't do something because she's got, you know, the family thing going on. Well, no, we can, we can multitask. And I feel like, you know, society has just kind of given us a little bit more grace. Like, well, wait a second. Now that we've all been thrown into the house trying to figure it out, it's like, man, we can still be productive. We can get things done. We just, it's you know, figure interesting out. thing you say there. It's a, you know, I talk about too, it's like these gender roles that we created for ourselves in the, you know, I guess um, when we start creating suburbs in the, um, what was it, the 1940s, like the Levittown experiment, stuff like that, and like making people do these roles and stuff. It's like, what? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I can say personally that like, you know, when I was uh, Michael Keaton, Mr. Bond for that first year, yeah, there was a lot of animosity towards some of my um, neighbors that I felt, you know, like, why is he, why is he staying home? You know, meanwhile, you have no clue how much money we make, you know, whatever, but like, you're just assuming because of what society told you that I'm incapable of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. You know, and like, I also feel that, you know, like, it's just, it's not fair for like anybody, like man or woman to be told what they can and cannot do. Absolutely. Just I, like what? And it's like, we made these rules up. These rules weren't written down on a rock somewhere. You know what I mean? Like we were just, well, maybe she should stay home and cook. It's like, what do you know? Like, you know, I'm cooking. You know what I mean? I'm cooking at night, man. Like, so I, I also too, I think that that's one of the aspects like we were talking to like about how technology can help us with transparency and stuff like that and getting the message out with like, you know, equality you know and like you know we had the black lives matters movement happened you know and like i i mean like that happened like floyd was like what like a month or two after um like where the the shutdown was in march and then that happened and it was just like, it was such a crazy time in america and it's like i mean i've been doing the show now for 302 episodes since 2013 and i've continuously talked about how i have no idea how people can judge other people just because of the color of the skin if they would do their history and they would do their research they would all realize hey guess what we all came from the same place that's the country of africa there was a big one called panchia and we were all dark-skinned but what happened was we had a vitamin d deficiency and then we start getting white and then we start hating each other and it's like for what we all came from the same spot that's like saying like a chick-fil-a sandwich that's not your chick-fil-a sandwich is not a good chick-fil-a sandwich because you know it's like it's like I, i don't know like people are just so biased and they're so against seeing eye to eye and it's like what's the point what's the point of hating somebody and like i i've worked closely with um mariani and, and country you know like um over the last couple of years that was a big thing that he was working on also mayor mark barbie in bridgeport and like like racism she just shouldn't exist it's it's i mean if racism of any kind you know or like uh bigotry or hating people or like um it's just 
it's always been bad. It was bad in the 90s when there was no iPhones and it's bad now when there is iPhones. And it's just, I don't know how to stop it. You know, I talk about it all the time on my show. Like, how do you stop? How do you, how do you erase hate? Right. Yeah. It's so much more visible now. I think people are realizing what's been going on around us that people, you know, with social media, with the ability to videotape things that I think so it's becoming more eye-opening. So it's, it's great because people are talking about it. You know, there's nothing worse when people are saying, well, black lives matter. And somebody say, well, all lives matter. Well, yeah, but <laughs> they haven't. So that's why there's the black lives matter movement because people don't think that way. It's great if somebody is saying, well, all lives matter. Absolutely. But until everybody else gets on board with that theory, that's not the case. And that's why we need to highlight black lives matter. You know, that there should not be this huge difference just because of the color of your skin. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. sad. And it's, it's just, I mean, you think we would have been further along by now. I mean, it's the year 20. And that's, you know what I was a couple episodes ago, I revealed my own, um, I guess, like, I, I remember the distinctively feeling, and I'm sure lots of people felt the same way in like 2008, when Barack Obama became our president, I was like, oh, this, this is the beginning of like, you know, right. like, yeah, but it was still there. It was still there the whole time waiting under the surface for, you know, something to come along to, to have it, you know, uh, I mean, it's always there though. That's just the thing. It's like, you, you were saying, it's like, now it's on camera, you're seeing it. And then people are like, oh, this, this is happening. It's like, it's been happening since the country was formed. I just, I think it's such a, like a sad nature of humanity that we, you know, like we don't take pleasure in getting to know different people. Like, I, I, you know, not everyone does that obviously, but it's like your culture, like sometimes people tend to stay in their proverbial corners of their culture and they're not interested in learning more about others, you know? And I think that that's a really big mistake. I try to teach my son a lot about like, um, you know, there's different, like at an early age that for him to understand that, oh, there's different religions that different people believe in because it was very hard for me as a kid to be like, what there's other ones like i also thought pennsylvania was the whole world too by the way when i was five i thought pennsylvania went forever i didn't think there was any oceans i was like oh it's just pa but yeah it's just you know it's a crazy thing right yeah no we should be celebrating the differences and learning from each other and supporting each other as opposed to saying well you're not like me so therefore i'm better than you really according to like what made you know what made that decision so no idea I think that people, though, like in general, though, they they tend they don't want to make decisions themselves. They tend to find a conduit to make decisions for them, so that way it's a little bit safer for them. It's like almost like their seatbelt, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we'll let them lead, and I'll just follow. You know, it's like no, man. Like, so I was super stoked that that's something that you know all these things, you know, you're you're working on and you're and you're you're passionate about. I gotta ask because I've been staring at this thing the whole time. What's that in the background right there? Is that a book or is that, what is no, that? No, you know what this is? A client made me this and sent it to me. He is in state oh, prison right now. Yeah, it's just a board that he made. And he said that when he gets paroled, we can put whatever I want here. But he just, yeah, he was um, originally went to art school, but then decided he dropped out before he graduated because he couldn't sit still. He didn't want to just be in art school anymore. So he went to, he then started doing gardening and um, construction and he you know, found himself. It's really cool. Uh, for the listeners out there. Right? So it's, I, I, yeah, I thought it was a book. No, nope, no. Nope. This is hand painted in mm -hmm. a Pennsylvania state prison. 
and he mailed it to his father who then got in touch with me and got it to me. And I love it. I mean, the detail is just amazing. So, it looks like a book. That's why I like when it was back there, I was like, is that a book on the shelf? Yeah, also, yeah. I kept thinking the whole, like you're in your basement. So I kept thinking to myself, why is it nighttime there? <laughs> so this is, it was like an in-law suite. And so they put windows in, but that's just the other side of my basement. So if I turn oh, cool. the lights on, you know, you'll just see a pile of junk. But then when I have the, the blinds oh, closed, <laughs> okay, I got it. You know, yeah. my girlfriend one time, she was in the courtroom and I'm zooming and she's like, what's behind the gray and white curtains? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I would have done, I would have zoomed upstairs where it's like a nicer background, but I've mm -hmm. got two kids that are running around screaming. So that would not have worked. So I'm literally down in my cave with the door shut so that I could hear and think, but yeah, that's. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting thing too. It's like, so, you know, your job, like, though it's in the public eye it also is very like it's a human job you're helping people you know like so they feel emotion towards it and want to reciprocate their feelings and it's like you know that's something else that's not really in my opinion discussed enough in politics it's it's um nice to hear people in office talk about real shit you know like emotions and stuff like that and not just like what they're you know their party wants or you know like what they think right. they, you know just where's the real like i would say like where's the real deal like politician out there you know what i mean like you know the president who like i mean like i guess kennedy was like that for my parents generation you know whatever but like i don't know i just want somebody to come along with like why, why does it gotta always be the same you know like what's changed what are we waiting for the aliens to show up but then it's too late and you know like they're just gonna do with what they want with us but it's like I think that it's always been that change should happen now, you know, like I, 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 I find that change and like anything that you're passionate about, if you wait on it, it doesn't have its luster no more. You got to keep driving towards something to, um, to make an impact, especially when it comes to these social emotional needs that many people need. We're talking about mental health, bail reform, all these things. It plays a lot on people's minds too. And like, you know, like, I really resonate too with the idea of um, or when you said earlier about the um, the mom who um, had to steal like Similac or whatever from like the grocery yeah. store, you know, because like I, I remember like when I had my son, I was like, why is all that formula locked up over there? What? And like my, my wife was like, what do you create? Like it's expensive. Like and I was like, oh, like people have they're stealing baby food because they and I was just like, oh, it sucks, man. You know, and, and baby food, think, it, like how sad that is that they've gotten to the point where they are stealing formula because there's no other option. Like they haven't, and I'll have clients that, you know, people would love to say, well, they need to get a job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they have a job. That doesn't mean that they have a job that is paying them enough. I mean, formula is expensive. Diapers are expensive. And over the last year, everything has gotten so much more expensive. Jack so the price, yeah. you know, I think people like to think that criminals are criminals, you know, like they're different. They're somehow, they're different than us. No, no, it's, you know, people's circumstances happen. And that's why it's like, if we were kind and look to help people, regardless of who they are, regardless of their political party, regardless of their color, their religion. And I know sometimes it's like, oh, you live in a bubble, but why can't we be that way? Yeah, I'm all about why that. I'm all about that bubble. It's like, also too, it's like, you know, saying like, why can't political parties, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Green Party, whatever, like, why do you guys like, it's like Marvel versus DC, you know, Rocky versus Ivan Drago. It's always this type of thing where it seems like a competition and not a community, not, you know, um, 
people coming together to actually inflict the change that's necessary i mean like they try and also too it's like our forefathers set it up so <laughs> it's going to be pretty hard to, you know like you got the senate you got the congress and it's like you know people just think that you like sign a piece of paper and boom it's over no you got a whole bunch of um you know like legislation legislation you got to get through and like so they did make it so not everything could happen at once but they also you can you know if you want you know if you're a politician you believe in something the next day you could make that you know I think that uh, Biden just issued a couple of new things back in or something like that. But regardless of who they are or whatever, I just would like to see more um, just poly political like mindset between local officials too. let's be honest. Okay. So the national versus local thing, this affects us. If you're listening in the Plymouth meeting area, country Hawk and Montgomery County, but this is in West country, you know, like this is where it starts. It doesn't start with um, good morning America on, channel six it starts in your local community and most of the stuff you could get involved in because it's it's you know it's here it's not like you know far away um they just um these elections are so important and like when i go out i mean i've been door knocking every possible day that i mm -hmm. can not just to say like hello you know who i am but to remind people that there are these elections you know every may and every november and they don't know no and coming off of the last Mm -hmm. presidential election which seemed to take forever to finish I think, you know, people are thinking, well, it doesn't, you know, it's not a presidential election, so it's not as big a deal. This is even more big a deal. You know, when we're talking about people that are going to be elected locally that have a, you know, they, what they do affects you directly. They're the ones that people should be more kind of honed in on to, you know, like these are the elections for school board. These are elections for council members, you know, so these are the ones that directly affect you. You know, that if you get somebody in and you have a concern, you can call them and say, hey, can you help me out with this? You know, it's very difficult to get the president on the phone when you're concerned with something that's going on. So it's like reminding people, like, come on out. These are important, too. You know, the turnout Mm -hmm. was phenomenal for the presidential election. So hopefully, you know, we can recreate that somewhat, get a lot more people. I definitely feels like a lot more people are interested, like they're paying Mm -hmm. closer attention with the way that things have happened in the last year, which is nice. Um, But, you know, hopefully we can keep that movement and that, you know, energy going. It's very important. Um, I mean, it's happening all around us. I just saw uh, on social media uh, an artist who's been on my show here before, um, uh, Monomayor. Monomayor, um, he he is, in, I don't know if he's in charge of it, but he's part of this organization that's uh, painting a mural of Black Lives Matters in Narstown right now. Yep. And that's like right down the street. You know what I mean? Like, so like, I've been that way since the get-go, man. I've been that way since the first, I'll never forget the first time I heard in 1994, the Wu-Tang Clan and Tribe Called Quest released two albums on the same day. And at that time, Jody, like, I was so upset. Like, Kurt had died, uh, like, a couple months before. I couldn't listen to the stuff that I listened at all. And then I found myself completely enamored with, like, this subculture that I knew nothing about. And I was so into the music. Like, I just couldn't, you know? And it's like, that's what I was saying before. It's like, learn new things. Go try new food. You know what I mean? I tell people on my show, too, it's like, you drive to work the same way every day guess what don't do that make a left tomorrow instead of a right and um, things could be different you know like enjoy the scenery yeah, yeah. so yeah, wait monomayor is that tom different. no tom um I, I drew i'm drew a brain for it's dave dave monomayor does the um oh. god he's gonna kill me i'm sorry buddy i'm having a break <laughs> <laughs> all right i just Tom, tom's my, tom's my friend dave and then god i forget his last name so we're not gonna plug him but 
Okay. His name's Monomer and he's in charge of everything. But truth be told, I was at a wedding last night and I'm not thinking correctly. But hey, um, <laughs> Tom, though, I still see from time to time. Uh, you know, it's it's last night I had a chance to um, hang out with a couple uh, um, colonial friends, uh, BJ Murray, Joe Russo, Steve Whitman, uh, Craig nice. Quinn, and Sabia, who has the best mustache I've ever seen, man. He's got this <laughs> handlebar, like almost like, oh, uh, it, yeah, it's nuts. But, I used to see him literally it was like every Christmas time we went to the same dentist for a couple of years so it was like oh, wow. always like you know like this the um winter break when we'd get our teeth cleaned and we'd kind of catch up so yeah that's really well. mm-hmm. now Tom when I think of Tom we won nicest hair together the senior superlative I don't know if you remember that well, wait wait uh, tell me say it again what happened nicest hair do you remember how we had to like vote and it was like most like yes speed all of that Yep, Tom and I, we were the nicest hair crew. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Sorry, the, like, the huge puffy curly hair? Okay, so Tom's hair was absolutely insane for the listeners out there who don't know who he is or whatever. This guy was a wild card. He wore a white shirt every day. I kind of get that now because look, Bill Gates wears the same thing every day. Uh, Zuckerberg wears the same thing every day. Guess what? Didn't start with these geniuses. It started with Tom Monomer, yep. who happened to also be in AP classes. He looked like he was nuts, but he was super smart. So smart, in fact, that we had to have at one point like a freight, like carry his brain out because it was so heavy. But like um, Tom, uh, I think Tom has like 10 children now. Oh I remember God. one time before I had children, like years ago, he showed up at like 8 a.m. on my porch with his kids. And I was like, oh. dude, I'm tired. But now I'm up like, you know, sleep doesn't def- I, I don't even remember what good sleep feels like anymore. It's like, just even up. when I can sleep in though, I don't, it's like, we've just, you know, we've become our parents. I have a, a saying sleeping in is giving in <laughs> like you just, your day's not as good then in a way. Yeah. It's like, I think if you sleep a certain, especially at our age is like, if you have more than six or seven, like you get that groggy feel, you know, but uh, other than that though, it's just like, I just wish that the, the pain, like the pain, like the knee pain I have now is just like, Oh dude, like why? you know like why like, you know right, they say once you turn 40 it's like all of a sudden aches and pains and honest to god that's true if you're listening you're 39 years old you better get yourself ready all right go out Enjoy it while some, it lasts. go get some ice packs you know what i mean like go get some stuff for your you know your joints like you just got to really like take care of yourself it's important to um to do that too as well a lot of people i, I think that you know they, they think that when they reach a certain age like that's it i'm done it's like no you're not really done you can keep living dude you know like when I turned 40, I was so like, depressed. I was like, oh, dude, that really? And like, that was January 24th. And then March 13th was what, a couple of weeks later. Mm-hmm. And I look back at that party and I was just like, dude, that's pretty cool that I get to be with my friends one last time and not have to worry about anything. And like, yeah, I'm you cool know, with being old now. I'm... Was April 30th of oh. the pandemic. <laughs> so there was no going out to eat, definitely oh, no party. Yeah, no presents because there was nobody who was going anywhere. I don't think anything was even really open then. So that's what I was teasing yeah. my husband. I'm like, you better really do it up for the 40, 41, right? I was like, you're yeah. going to get me the same thing you got me last year? And he's like, what did I get you? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> like, remember, <laughs> the world shut down. I, so I joked. Remember Brian Rosenfeld? Yes. Brian? So he's five days older than me. Like we grew up on the same street and I've teased him forever that he's such an old man. And because he's so much older than me. So last year I told him, I'm like, yeah, let's postpone it. Like we can hold on to 39 for a little bit longer. And I was like, you know, we'll regroup in six months. And I remember touching base with him in October and I'm like, not looking too good. Let's hold on again. <laughs> so when it was his birthday, that's how I was joking with him. I'm like, happy 40th. We can finally, you know, recognize it since, you know, the world's starting to open back up. Yeah. 
Yeah. I saw him at Wawa not too long ago. And uh, I guess I was freaking out a lot of people during this period of time because I'm really good at recognizing people through their eyes. Because like, <laughs> actually that and it's proven in science that that's how we recognize each other first is through our eyes. Any human, like you, if you see eye to eye, like if you don't know the person, you're like, oh, a human eyes. Mm-hmm. That's how we know. But like, he, who's this guy? Like, it's me, Bob, you know, like, and I've done that like probably six or seven times during this pandemic. And each time people would be so scared, like, <laughs> like they were just like completely found, like after being like, you know, lost on the grid for a year or something. But it, it's been an some absolute pleasure have, have to taken, talk with you. Oh, sorry. I was going to say some of us have enjoyed partly being able to do the mask and like oh, yeah. incognito at times. <laughs> Did I tell you about that? Uh, yeah, you actually. Yeah. So I'm the same way because it's like I used to. um uh, be a school teacher. And I, I, I met so many parents. And every time I would go to the grocery store, I could not help to have a conversation. And that conversation would be great. But then in like 35 minutes later, I'm right. like, dude, I got nothing in my basket. Like what's going on here? So the mask, and then like, I start wearing my hair up and a hat and like nobody right. knows who I, I and then right. like they lifted the mandate and I'm like, no, some places I'm still going to wear it though, you know, so I can get my groceries in time. But, uh, I really enjoyed, uh, this podcast. Um, I really, um, I'm rooting for you on Tuesday. I'll be there voting at uh, the place of vote to go to where you have to go. Make sure you can register, I guess, online still, right? No, registration. If you're not registered, register, always register. But you, the registration has closed for the primary for May 18th. But the November election, you can register for. Yeah. yeah. Get now out there and like, do that. Get out and vote. Make sure you come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going to be up, um, stationed all over Tuesday? Are you going to a couple different voting places? I will. There's so there's eight different um, polling places that are covered. So I'll just be going around just saying hello throughout them. And I have, you know, people that are covering the various polls. So, yeah. Now, I was joking right. with friends last night because one sent, sent me a message saying, oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to vote for you on Wednesday. I'm like, Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Uh-huh. Don't uh-huh. forget. <laughs> uh, sending out mass texts to everybody. <laughs> You know, that it's yeah. like, you know, that I've touched base with over the last couple of months doing this. Like, don't forget. Yeah, I, I thought that the, like a couple about a week and a half ago, for some reason, I thought the wedding that I attended yesterday was today on Saturday and not Friday. Oh. And I had a similar moment, like where like everyone was texting wrong information, like, no, no, no. Like, but yeah, got to get out. You got to vote. And yeah. look, you got to um, start with your local community if you want to um, have change happen. You know, it's not going to start with, you know, just sitting around doing things. And it's going to start by getting the vote out. Go on out there on Tuesday, uh, register for the November election if you haven't already, and vote for my friend, okay? You're doing great things. I'm super stoked to see after, what, 20, who knows, math's not my strong area, 23, 22 (laughs) years. I don't know how long it's been now, but (laughs) it seems like it was yesterday. So yeah, it wasn't 20 for me. It was like 30 seconds. And in that 30 seconds, you did lots of great things. And I know you're going to win because, you you know, you just, you got the, you got it, you know? And I think that a lot of times, this like this podcast like you know like having somebody come on the show for you know 50 minutes uninterrupted you get a chance to know them just like we were talking about with the zoom so that's two retreads here on the bobcast ladies and gentlemen um jody thanks very much for being on the show vote jody lukens griffiths thank you i appreciate it bob nice seeing get, you get out there and do it right now ladies and gentlemen my name is bobby cahill and this has been another episode of bobcast